each person has their own things going on. Um, and even though a lot of times they make it seem so easy, like easy, like Deslin did yesterday made the 50K seem so easy. That doesn't yes. mean that she wasn't in pain the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, um, uh, you know, a lot of us can hide um, kind of what we go through and only show the results. Um, but I think one thing we have to keep in mind is that like, no, that person is working really hard and they, they also struggle a lot. Hello friends and welcome back to the Rise and Shine podcast. I hope you're having an amazing day and I'm sure you will not regret tuning in to today's episode because today I have the exquisite pleasure of introducing you to my first ever podcast guest, Drum Rolls, and that is Trang Lee. Trang Lee, or just Trang as her friends like me call her, is a postdoc pen and she and I have also been roommates for a little bit over a year. In our conversation, Trang told me about her experience transitioning into trail running during the pandemic. We talked also a little bit more about differences between trail running, road running. Then we switched topics and discussed our takes on self-care and productivity including you know some organization skills during the pandemic our takeaway was that it's crucial to simplify and optimize processes with the help of technology trang has an amazing blog about that and i encourage you to check it out if you feel so inclined then trang and i talked about uh, our experiences transitioning into the us i talked about this in my previous podcast but this is kind of me bringing in another perspective on this and we both find that we have built significant uh, confidence and also have started trusting our intuition a little bit more which is an amazing and very empowering observation i hope you enjoy today's episodes if you do so please do me the favor subscribe to my podcast and maybe leave me a positive review if you liked it if not leave me a negative review Just kidding. Leave me a positive review. In today's episode of the Rise and Shine podcast, I am having my first ever podcast guest and I'm very excited to introduce her because she's a very special person in my opinion. So my guest today is Trang Lee and she and I have been roommates for a little bit over a year here in Philadelphia and um, one of the first things that stood out to me of Trang is that she does all of the things that I think are super, super hard. So one, she is one of the most ambitious runners that I know. She holds a doctoral degree in maths and she also somehow manages to be kind to anybody. And I think that is just uh, three of her like, amazing um, features. And today I want to talk about how being wholesome is something that Trang miraculously manages to accomplish in today's world. Trang, I'm very happy that you're with me today. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for such a kind introduction. I think um, I have not had one that's 
that's nice. Uh, <laughs> and I can say the same about Johanna as well. Um. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this is not your first podcast, right? You've been on a podcast before. Yes, once yes. for one of the papers that I published. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So for me, you're my first guest. So this is extra special for me. And um, so I think the first thing I would be very curious in hearing mm -hmm. from you is um, a little bit about your background. Could you maybe just kind of give our audience a little like background on like who you are, where you where you're coming from, what your like story or like journey in the past couple of years entailed? Definitely. Um, so I, I'm from Vietnam. I came here to the U.S. 10 years ago. Um, And uh, it was actually Petro Vietnam who sponsored me here and they wanted me to do geology so that I can come back and work for them as a geologist. Um, and during undergrad, I added math as the second major, um, decided to do it because it was just so much more fun than geology. So I ended up getting a master's and then a PhD in math. Uh, and now I'm here um, as a postdoc at Penn doing more method development to analyze biomedical data. Um, yeah, and that's how I, when I got to Philadelphia, I um, luckily found a house uh, with five other roommates who essentially provided me built-in friendship. Um, and one of those is Johanna. So I'm <laughs> very, very lucky to have had her as a, a wonderful roommate and we would go grocery shopping together, do all kinds of uh, adventures around Philly um, and even in New Jersey. Um, yeah, so mm -hmm. it's been really fun. Okay, yeah, thanks so much. And you are currently located in Philadelphia as well, right? Correct. I know there has been a little bit back and forth in the lure of the pandemic, but currently you're back in Philly for a little bit longer. Um, yeah, so... Um, How, how has the pandemic changed your, your work environment? Has there been any changes for you? Yeah, um, well, so everyone stayed at home, obviously. Um, and so I just transitioned to work remotely. Um, like most people, I, I work on the computer. Um, so I don't need to go in the lab to do anything. Um, yeah, so we uh, were here for a little bit. And then um, we decided to go to my partner uh, Daniel's mom's place in New Hampshire for over eight months last year so we were there for a while um, but now yeah we're, we're back and just trying to figure out where where to do where to go next mm -hmm. um, but yeah no in terms of work life I mean it's it's luckily we have not been affected um, by the pandemic a lot um, I, I know that a lot of other people have um, this you know tragic stories and um, my hearts go out to all the families, but um, luckily for us, we have not been, um, yeah, uh, we're, we've been adapted quite easily with the, with the new environment, so. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's, I mean, it's like as good as it gets uh, yeah, to hear from you. That's awesome. We do our best, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I know that there, you know, people have been more or less affected by this, so it, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you are still hanging in so it's awesome okay um so something that um I don't know <laughs> if that um like applies to you but when the pandemic started 
I definitely found a lot of peace and distraction and comfort in my activities that I do like outside of my work and I know that you're an avid runner so has your relationship with running as well changed in the past um, year or is it do you think it's still very much the same to what it was before it's always changing um, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, yeah so actually um, and excuse the siren be behind me in the background but um, there so at the beginning of the pandemic, I actually got kind of sick. Um, I think it was just initially allergy. I tested negative for COVID, um, but then it transitioned into this really bad sinus infection. So I wasn't able to run for over a month. And that was really hard for me. Um, you know, I, I used to run a lot. And so, yeah, it was just really hard not being able to run. Um, and then when I started running again, I just felt really sluggish and heavy and slow. Um, and then I was, and also the terrain was changing. I was no longer running in Philadelphia. I was in New Hampshire at the time. So we're running more trails, a lot more elevation and just different terrains. Um, so, so for a while, definitely emotionally, it was hard, uh, you know, to, to feel like, oh, I'm not so fit anymore. And, and I feel like, you know, this is something that any athlete um, kind of have to accept. Uh, their, their fitness is going to go up and down. It's going to be ebb and flows. Like it's not going to be, you know, the, the progress is not linear, I guess is what they always say. So, yeah. So it was at the beginning, it was really, you know, quite hard to, to get out there and feel like I could run. Um, but yeah, I, I think after that, you know, I realized that like, this is okay. Like I, I just have to live with it <laughs> no matter how slow I look on Strava. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go out and run. So, yeah. So, so I think something that changed, you know, what the, the most different thing for, for me during, you know, the year in New Hampshire was, um, essentially just different terrain. Like I was so used to more road running and now I'm, um, I've become more of a trail runner. Um, and we try to find trails around Philly now to go run, but yeah. So, so that's, I think is, um, it's a big is a big thing for me. Um, that is awesome. I, I, yeah, I know that other people are running a lot too, which is amazing. And mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I kind of saw, and I'm very excited, like some of growth friends um, and Johanna know Omar as well. Uh, you know, close friends are running and, you know, kind of talk to us about all of these injuries and, and um, you know, how kind of hard, it's hard for them to, to keep up. And um, I think one thing I would say is that you know, obviously a lot of people are running, which is great, um, but you kind of have to be easy and, and with yourself. Um, don't, don't beat yourself up if, you know, you're like too slow or something and um, don't go too fast if that's going to end up in an injury. Um, yeah, for sure. That's definitely something that I have to take to heart when I go back to running. Um, I remember usually my miles are never under 10 minutes and I just can't be competitive with myself. I'm still recovering from my knee surgery. So when I finally get to get back into running, I will not have an ego, but just kind of really go slow and see what's realistic for me at the time. But then, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll come on a trail run with you sometime. Like, I don't, yeah, well, totally. that'll, be, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I want to add to that. Like sometimes running with friends is a, a great way to, um, you know, kind of having a conversation, like not worry too much about the run itself, but um, 
you know, not worrying about oh, how fast you're running or your pace and everything and just having a conversation, like having a fun run um, is also a great way to, to go out and run as well, for me mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, yeah. So I know that in the past you have, um, you have run a couple of marathons and also half marathons, right? You have done a marathon in the past, like a full marathon, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, I remember correctly. Um, but so I know there are also a lot of like trail races out there. Is that something that you would be considering in the future or not so much? Yeah. So with the pandemic going on, it, you know, I haven't thought about any race um, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I think you know, having a having a race that I've seen people use race as a way to travel um, to new places and, and learn new things. And, you know, it's, it's always fun to race because you have like the pre-race expo where you get all these free stuff. And then, um, you know, you go with your friends, pick up the bib and everything. And then there you have the post-race celebration. There's, you know, beer and, and food. And um, so, so racing is fun. Racing is always fun. It's, it's hard during it, but I think the pre and post is really fun. Um, awesome. uh, yeah. So I, I, and I'm by no means, um, a, you know, a good runner. I, I, I definitely am a very amateur runner still. Um, but I, yeah, I've done a few marathons and uh, uh, one half marathon actually. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't really thought about you know go out again in a race it's it's gonna be a lot of fun when we we can do that again mm-hmm. um but you know I, I think at the moment it's it's hard actually this is a great day a great timing today to talk about racing and running because um so Desiree Linden um the Boston Marathon winner of 2018 she mm-hmm. actually ran a 50k yesterday in under three hours breaking the women's war record um, for uh, th- that distance, the f- 50 kilometers. So um, I was, you know, following her update on Twitter the whole day yesterday, but she was racing this, you know, have support, uh, supporters along the way, have a pacer, a, a few pacers, um, but she was essentially running alone the whole time. Um, and this was her first ultra marathon. So um, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I think I saw that too. There was some, um, I think she posted about it on her Instagram or something like that. Right. Yes, I think yes, I saw yes. that too. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so, that is like, it seems like such an undoable feat for me as somebody who barely runs to run 50 K that's, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. And then she, she broke the world record with that as well. Wow. But, but you, you also ran a few halves before, right? No. <laughs> I was, I was, um, I was always kind of wanting to do that, but then always injuries and stuff like that got in the way and I, I never managed to do it, but you know, it's still on my bucket list. It's something that I really want to do in my life. And, um, you know, when my time will come for that, I'm pretty sure I'm, yeah, I'm very optimistic. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. No, I'm, it's, it's, I think actually, I think the half distance, the 13.1 miles is actually a really fun distance to race and to train for. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the marathon's a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you run a lot <laughs> to get to that point, but yeah. Would you, would you ever consider going beyond the 32.2? Would you ever consider that? So, so the 26.2, oh, sorry, yeah, 26.2 yeah. miles. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I mean, 
ah, I can, I can try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, um, and, and really what qualifies as ultra marathon is just anything that's bigger than um, 26.2. Um, yes. So actually during the Route 66 marathon, um, which I did in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. there was this like extra loop that you get to kind of go around this place called the center of universe. Um, <laughs> and, but, but it was like at, I think mile 25 or something. And I planned to do it. Um, I had a plan that, okay, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. Um, do this loop and then come back. And it's going to be like my ultra marathon. Um, but what happened was I was, my legs were cramming up and <laughs> it was just really bad and I just wanted to finish. So um, yeah, that didn't happen. So it, it ended up to be just a marathon, but yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I guess the answer to that is maybe um, if, if I, you know, feel really good and, and I'm really fit. <laughs> um, but I think right, right now, I think my next goal is to um, kind of, transition more into trail running and yes you know do more of a trail distance rather yeah. than road distance so what do you think what is the difference between um road running and trail running just in pretty general terms do you need different equipment do you need like i don't know uh, do you use different muscles like what is the difference in that oh that's a great question um so definitely i think uh, trail shoes are a little bit um, uh, different. They they have more grip, I would say. Um, you know, if you need to run in mud or ice or snow, things like that. Um, uh, yeah. So so I guess the answer is, um, but but not that much. I'm I'm sure you know your muscles are different. You're using different uh, glutes muscles um, to kind of you know make <laughs> yourself go up these really big hills, but. Um, I, I think it just it's slightly more fun just because you know um trees and it's um yeah it, it if if you can find like if, if I, I live near a trail and if I can find trail to do it um I would do it uh I, I would often offer you know trail running but if you know if right now we're living in the city uh and it's hard to you know drive somewhere um you know I think around Philly, John Hines is a great place. Um, not that much elevation gain, but it, I think it's really fun to run there. But, you know, again, you kind of have to uh, balance that with, you know, do I want to put on all these gears and prepare all the food and, you know, get in the car, drive there and do all of that? Or do I just kind of want to run from home? And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that just depends on the days. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think... I'm sure, you know, the trail runners have more, uh, they, 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 they know more about the difference, but to me, it's just like, I used to use the same shoe, but then I got an ankle sprain. And so I kind of have to <laughs> switch shoes. Um, yeah. yeah. But, the, yeah. So the couple of times that I have done trail running in the past and by no means I have never done it on like a semi professional like you know I, I I'm a I'm a complete beginner when it comes to running but the couple of times that I have done trail running was also this past fall when I was um kind of tired of running on the roads and I just went to the Wissahickon and ran a couple of different trails and then there's also um a place called the Ridley State the Ridley Creek State Park and I ran there they have really nice five mile loop that you can go and um, I found trail running to be so fun because it makes you think really much about like where you put your feet or like it's it's almost like your feet kind of have eyes 
and they need to find the spots to like to to go. It's it's really it's really interesting. It it felt like it it improved my running style because I had to be much more careful with placing my feet and I couldn't just kind of slurp along the road <laughs> I don't know yeah yeah no de- de- I think definitely that that's true I Wissahickon and, and Ridley Creek Ridley Creek um are great places to run and um exactly like you said you kind of have to slow down just mm-hmm. you know um the terrain's gonna like the soil is gonna sink you down a little bit and then um you kind of have to find where to place your feet and Um, that's another yeah that's another fun thing about trail running as well like you kind of have to take care of yourself a little bit more than road um, but yeah it's it, it's been really fun and but then then again you know you we, it, we were privileged enough to, to live in New Hampshire and um, kind of have that nature around us and it's it's harder just much harder to um five places around here especially with our car so mm-hmm. yeah so this is actually a really good point to maybe switch topics slightly because you <laughs> I mean it's, I don't know, it's not the smoothest transition that you just mentioned that taking care of yourself taking care of your feet and all of that is very important and um, obviously in this past year there were much more things than just your feet that we had to take care mm-hmm. of like all of us and um, I think this is something from what I see you that you are especially good at if I look at you know myself and my friends and just kind of the people in my life you always stand out to me as somebody who is never overly stressed is never um I don't know too compromised by like deadlines or work or like anything and you always seem to be on top of your shit but at the same time you're also always kind of relaxed and you get everything done without being stressed ever and I just how do you do that that is the big question I think that not only I want to learn about but everybody else oh my gosh I'm laughing so hard right now because that is totally not true um I, I know that it could seem like that to others but I feel like I'm you know under stressed a lot um I, I do feel very anxious I was anxious for this podcast oh, really? um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think um, that having, and, and I guess what I have to say is that each person has their own things going on. Um, and even though a lot of times they make it seem so easy, like easy, like Deslin did yesterday made the 50k seem so easy, that doesn't yes. mean that she wasn't in pain the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, Um, uh, you know, a lot of us can hide um, kind of what we go through and only show the results. Um, but I think one thing we have to keep in mind is that like, no, that person is working really hard and they, they also struggle a lot. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I completely, uh, I, I, I still get stressed. I think one thing that, um, actually you mentioned this in one of your earlier podcasts is like having a list. Um, <laughs> I think, right. Because because you did talk about like to do list and just kind of mm-hmm. cross things off your yeah. list is really um, almost like peaceful. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's it just really it's nice. It's motivating to, to be exactly yes, I done. I did it. Yes, exactly. And and I think you know even just like the small things that that you have to do um, mm-hmm. or or you plan to do, uh, you can write it on on your list and then just crossing that off is is really satisfying. So yeah, I mean I you know I 
you know, try different strategies and tactics to kind of keep myself under control and be organized. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, as, as you can see, but we're like in the middle of the move right now. So boxes are laying around, but I think, you know, to kind of have a preparation in mind, like knowing, okay, we're going to do this and this and this. Um, ha- yeah. Ha- having a plan helps. Um, but again, I'm not you know, on top of things all the time. So okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I do my best. I no, didn't no, no. mean to yeah. like undermine, you know, struggles or something like that. Oh. I know we all like everybody's struggling to some capacity, but I just, I don't know. I just always find it very admirable that you, that you don't, that you don't seem to like project that so much to the outside. So that is amazing. It's really but, sweet that you say that, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I appreciate it. Like I'm glad that like some of my effort is paying off. Because... Of course. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's paying off amazingly. Uh, so yeah, this is actually, um, yeah, thank you so much for, you know, reminding me of the, the list thing and um, having like a, a plan or like a structure that helps you to stay kind of on top of things that you want to accomplish. Would you mind, maybe, I don't know, maybe sharing another um, like tip that you might have? Beca- because I'm always curious uh, for stuff that I can use to, I don't know, be more efficient or do things better. Yes. Oh, gosh. Um. I, uh, it's hard. To, so, so I, I do a lot of things on the computers and, um, I actually just wrote a blog post, um, mostly for, uh, you know, graduate student in compositional fields, but, um, about all these things that you can optimize while using a certain tool on your computer. So, um, I, I talk about, for example, so I, I guess, okay, so the bigger picture would be, you know, if you use something, try your best to optimize it, um, you know, know some of your Mac shortcuts um, uh, or, you know, on Google Chrome or uh, Microsoft Edge, for example, you um, now you can like group the tabs together. So that's been um, really helpful for me to again stay organized and Mm -hmm. and be efficient with with all of my tasks um uh yeah so um that's awesome yeah Yeah. it's on trang.page if anyone wants to check I will I will link the the blog into the description box so people can actually go check it out I will for sure check it out I'm very very curious about it yeah no that is such a good point because I feel like um sometimes I at least when I have like too many moving points at the same time, mm-hmm. I get really overwhelmed. But when I can automate some of the processes or can really, you know, create like a certain time and space for one thing that needs to get done and do it and then do the other, I think that can be very helpful to also calm down my my mind in, in some way so I can work at max um, capacity while not being distracted by everything else. That is really helpful. Yeah. I, I just want to mention like one last thing about yeah, um, organization. And, and I feel like you do this a lot better than I do um, is that your, your workspace is always clean and you're, you're very tidy. And I think that helps so much. And I do my best <laughs> to um, kind of, you know, have, have some, some sort of structure to, to the piles of papers that I, I have on my desk, but um yeah, that's another thing that that can help a lot as well. To have a yeah. clean and tidy space. I completely agree. And I did one podcast episode on spring cleaning and spring cleaning was not 
um only oh no wait actually it was not the spring cleaning one it was the other one um anyways i don't even remember i can't even get, keep on top of my five podcasts that i've published this far so <laughs> that's not a good start <laughs> um, dang. you have a lot of ideas that's good um <laughs> yeah uh anyways I will, I can, I mean, I, I'm going to, I can link that too. So people can, can go check it out once I have made up my mind and found what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we're almost at time for um, our, you know, conversation today. But I think one last question that I want to um, leave us with is, um, it's, and I'm curious about this because I have just um, published my most recent podcast at Episode about this, and I know that you and like uh, like an international student, or mm-hmm. former international student. Now you're um, if, is that it's not first generation American. But you're like you're a transplant basically from like Vietnam. zero generation. <laughs> yeah, something like that, just like me. And um, I am curious on the one of the maybe the biggest or maybe two or three biggest things that you think living in the U.S. has impacted your mind or the way you think? Or how have, how have you changed um, due to living in the U.S.? What would you think? And I know that's a big question. So if you, if, I don't know. Yeah, if you can't go into full detail, that's, that's fine too. But if you want to, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that is a big question. I think uh, coming from Vietnam, I think the first thing that jumped in my head is that now I question everything. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of don't take things too seriously. Um, mm-hmm. If I read a book on visualization and it says, you know, do not ever use pie charts and things like that. Like, okay, but, um, <laughs> you know, why? And and is there any case that, you know, a pie chart would be helpful? And, mm-hmm. and so I think... Um, you know, when, when I was smaller and, and when I was in Vietnam, everything was just said and, and taken, um, you know, that there was no question often around a certain mm-hmm. thing that it's, and um, debates are not that, like, are not valued that much there. Um, if, and th- there's such a hierarchy that it's hard to even, you know, question something if my parents said something like they're always right, you know, if, mm-hmm. so, so, um being here obviously I've been a lot uh more free I guess with how I think about certain things when I read about certain things or um you know listen to podcasts and things like that like I'm like oh is that true um yeah so it it kind of allows me um to quite but yeah to to question things um and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you you have some of this as well. Maybe Germany wasn't as bad as Vietnam, but. <laughs> um. No, no, I totally see where you're coming from. And I actually, I also think I have, um, I've seen a, a similar shift in my way of thinking where I don't things, I don't take things at face value anymore, but I also, I also question things much more. And I think part of that probably not only has to do with, um, you know, the kind of culture specifically that you're coming from, but maybe also with the the fact that now you have two points of comparison, like you, you mm-hmm. see how things are done in one culture versus the other. And so now you have a spectrum of 
ways to react to something as opposed to just knowing the way that it's done in in your home country and totally. yeah I, yeah so actually I think um a lot of the time I don't I don't consider myself as you know reacting the German way quote unquote uh, to something <laughs> and neither am I reacting like fully the American way to something but I'm like somewhere in between on the spectrum and mm -hmm. I think that is really cool like I actually really like that about having the best of both worlds so to say so, yeah and and to 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 kind of bring that um uh, to, I guess draw parallels to what you're doing now as a graduate student I think a lot of times your advisors would say something, you bring something to them and they would say, oh, like they don't like that paragraph or, you know, they they read it once and they didn't like it or they suggested that, oh, why don't you go explore this, um, you know, train of thought or, um, you know, for, for competitional fields, like why don't you try that other new method? Um, and most of the time, these ideas are very good, um, but sometimes it's just not possible. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that, you know, professors say uh, as you know at, at the moment just like oh why don't you try this out and I think you know a lot of times we as uh, you know graduate students as their mentees um, really take their their words seriously and you know do our best at it and then not coming up with something and feeling stuck and not being able to get out of that uh, like essentially rabbit hole that you've dug yourself because you've gone through so many different things and and try everything um and I think, you know, and then next time you go back and see advisor, they were like, oh, like, I didn't even remember that I suggested that to you, you know? So yeah. um, <laughs> just to kind of bring that to um, the, the the grad score, you know, if you have any kind of mentor-mentee relationship, um, you know, it's it's great and, and the ideas are often good, but um, you kind of have to question that at times. And it's okay if you don't do everything they say, you, yes. you know, they advise you to do. Definitely, so. definitely. Yeah, I think that is um, maybe even uh, an attribute or like a tribute to um, the perspective that you bring to, you know, like to your department or to, to your job that uh, the way your perspective enriches kind of the, the environment um, of course, you can still take advice from them and, and everything, but at the end of the day, it is up to you how you're going to do it. And they hired you for that because you kind of you do your work the way you do it and not somebody else. So that is actually something that I have recently discovered very much in my um, yeah, in my research that I've, I'm, I'm starting to find my voice as like a, an academic. And that's really cool. And actually starting to realize that what I have to contribute is of value and is something that only I can do is really awesome yeah that's yeah. great that's that, that <laughs> must that must have felt really awesome to yeah, yeah to have that feeling that yeah yeah I'm well I mean someone <laughs> it's true but it's always a struggle because you don't want to like give in too much into that feeling and just um, become resistant to advice from other people because you know I don't want to adopt the sure. mindset where I'm like oh I do things the way I do things and then not take advice because that would be very detrimental too I think but I don't know just having a balance of confidence and also um, being happy for feedback and advice I think that's something is a universal thing that probably works for most job <laughs> yeah but like, what what I like to say about that is that I like be opinionated, but be opinionated nicely. So, you know, you're, you're, 
you know, like you acknowledge the fact that this is very much your opinion and, um, you know, you, you can be critical to, to other people's opinions, but, you know, try to do it nicely. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think that is something that has become such a relevant thing um, in this world, like more like in, in very broad terms or like even in the country of the United States with all of the debates that are going on here and we need to sit down and, and hear people's perspectives and hear people's opinions and there is always kind of two ends of the spectrum like there are the um uh they're very conservative people and they're very liber liberal people and they are all kind of right on their own terms they all have good points and they all have bad points in their argument and yeah you're right that's why i think we just really need to hear them out and then sometimes, I don't know, push back a little bit, but sometimes they're right. Sometimes you just have to agree with somebody, even though they don't speak your language or they don't agree with your general mindset. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, yeah, no, I, I just want to echo that, that it's, it's really good to have those conversations and have people to disagree with you because otherwise you're, you're going to become too comfortable and um, yes. yeah, not for do sure. anything otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for being on the Rise and Shine podcast today, Trang. Um, I will link your blog into the subscription box, but would you like to leave any other like reference for the listeners to go follow up with you? Um, not that I can think of at the moment, but if I find something interesting, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I hope, um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed our conversation. I thought it was very stimulating. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.